0: Up until the time that I began to prepare for this message, I had always thought that the premier measure of spiritual maturity is our ability to thank God, to praise God, and to rejoice in God during the tough times. Did you hear what I said? Not just during the good times, but our ability to to praise God, to thank God, to bless God during the difficult times, during the troubles of our lives, during our trials and our tribulations. And although that is a method of spiritual maturity, that is not the premier measure of spiritual maturity. The premier measure of spiritual maturity is found in verse 39 of our text. You heard it. Listen and evaluate for yourself. If anyone slaps you on the right side of your face, to them the other side. Power! I don't know about you, but God is still working with me on that one. (laughs) He's still working with somebody else in the sanctuary. Don't, don't, Don't get me wrong. I want to line up. I want to be obedient. I want to do the Christ thing the way he would have me to do, but I have to be honest with you. God is still working on me on that one, Amen. <laughs> I heard he's working on somebody else. He said working with somebody else, but but interestingly, interestingly, Matthew chapter five from verses—I'm uh, sorry, Matthew chapter five from chapters five through seven—is what we know as the famous Sermon on the Mount, the the sermon that d- Jesus delivered on Mount Olivet, the Mount of Olives, and in this sermon, chapters five through seven of Matthew. Jesus is explaining kingdom living to his followers. Kingdom living while you walk down here on earth. And one of the clear examples of kingdom living is that we have or we should show a love that overcomes. We should show a love that's an unusual love. We should show a love that has power, that has extraordinary power that empowers us to do what we couldn't do of ourselves in other words the love of God in us should empower us to be different if you say you love Jesus and be washed in the blood of Jesus but you still do live act exactly the same way that you've acted before Jesus then something's wrong with that kind of faith because the last time I checked 2nd Corinthians five seventeen says if anyone be in Christ There are a new creation. All things are passed away, and behold, all things are become new. And Jesus wants us to understand the power of love and the difference that love can make in our life. And love, this is what love would do. Now, the Bible says in our text, and if you close your Bibles, open back up again, because this is our manuscript, The Bible says in the Old Testament, the law said that an eye for an eye, and the law said a tooth for a tooth. In other words, if someone knocked out your eye, retribution according to the Old Testament law is that person should have their eye knocked out. Okay? That's the law. If you went to the law court in the Old Testament because someone knocked out your eye, well, the perpetrator would have their eye knocked out. If someone knocked out your tooth, then the retribution for that, according to the law, Old Testament, is that person would have their tooth knocked out. But watch Jesus, with kingdom living, with the power of what love can do. Jesus comes on the scene and expands the regulations of the law, expands the mandate of the law in the direction of overcoming love. Oh, you got to hear that. Jesus expands the Old Testament regulations, the Old Testament law, in the firm direction of the power of love. So much so, Jesus said, you have heard that that's what you're supposed to do when someone harms you. It, it, it was like a tit for tat then. If they, if they knock out your eye, their eye get knocked. They knock out your tooth, their tooth get knocked. But watch it, I say to you, don't resist an evil person. Now this is different, right? This is very different. But being a child of God is very different. At least it should be. I say to you, do not resist an evil person. And with that being said, here's what the power of love can do. If someone slaps you, and I'm still looking, because this is where, we'll deal with it, we'll talk. <laughs> come on, come. We'll, we'll, we'll talk about it, we'll work through it, but the text says, you, you, you cannot deny that the text says if someone slaps you on the right cheek, pow. Then it says, turn to them the other cheek. Did somebody say God is good? Oh, did I hear that? Did somebody say God is good? God is real good. God is real good. Now, some theologians, some preachers, some teachers, some Bible scholars says say that that is, that is, that is figurative. That, 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 that God is not literally talking about if someone smacks you in the face, but he's using it as a, a, um, as a figure of speech, he's using it as alliteration, it's, it's an illusion, it's, 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 it's an analogy, it's, a, it's, it's, it's metaphoric, it's not to be taken literally. I beg to differ. I beg to differ based on Jesus Christ being our example. They smack Jesus, is that not right? I mean, that was just the beginning of his torment. Now, Jesus, Jesus got all power. He got infinitely more power than you got, infinitely more power than I got, but they smacked Jesus. But according to the word of God, Jesus did not retaliate. They whipped Jesus with thorns on his back that pulled out his flesh, but according to the word of God, he did not retaliate. I say I say that this Verse thirty nine is both literal and figurative, because who are you to say that you are better than Jesus, or who am I to say that 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 uh, uh, Jesus 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 could do that? But I cannot. Well, let me say something to you. Jesus was God, but you got Jesus living on the inside of you. you got Holy Spirit power on the inside of you. Now, I agree it takes a tremendous level of maturity Amen. for a Christian to take a slap. Amen. <laughs> all right, all, we've got to get, get, get quiet because we've got to work with it now, and I'm asking you to work with it but I'm saying in the power of the living God you can take one Amen. Amen. the reason why is Jesus did Amen. and Jesus was human Jesus had skin and nerves on his face just like you right. got skin right. and nerves on your face right. but he took it remember he was wounded for our transgressions remember he was bruised for our iniquities the chastisement for our peace was placed on him and by his stripes we are healed so I'm saying to you that by the power of God now here's the thing by the power of God you can take a slap you may not but you can why y'all quiet I'm just going to ask you I said by the power of God, you, you, now you can't take it in your own power. Now you, 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 you can't do that within your own power. But the interesting thing that I wanna point out because I believe it's both literal and figurative, I believe it means that literally as a Christian, that's the kind of love, that's the kind of, that, that, that's love at the, at, at, at the zenith of power. That takes power to be able to withstand that. that that's love demonstrating power. But I want to be very, very um, meticulous about this because it doesn't say punch. It doesn't say if somebody punch you. Do you know there's a difference? There's a difference between a slap and a punch. I heard one preacher say. I heard one preacher say. Now the Bible says if they if, if it slaps. If I get slapped on the right side, turn to them the other side, but it doesn't say what to do after that. <laughs> so love will give you two, but it do not say what to do after two. <laughs> but it's a, it's, it's a prime example of the love of God and the power of that kind of love. Do you think if somebody spit in your face, you could take it? The reason why I bring it up is I did. Someone spit in my face. I was working. I was I was at work. I worked for a private school uh, for children with behavioral problems. They were not able to attend a regular school system because of their mo- emotional and behavioral problems. So they had to attend a private school that I was a child development specialist at. This kid, he was 13 years old. He was flipping out. He was he was he was going off. I mean, that's why he was there because he was not able to make it in a regular school because of his problem. He spit in my face. I saw red. I ain't going to lie. I literally I saw I literally saw red. That is a humiliating, degrading experience to have someone spit in your face. He was, a, he, was, he, was a, he was a kid. He was a teen. He was 13. But I wanted to kill him. I'll be honest with you. But here's, here's what I, I brought it up to say. I didn't. I took it. I took it. I was saved. I was a Christian. I took it. They had to take me off the room, though, because I, I, I had to be removed. I just needed—I I needed to recuperate. But I'm, I brought that up as an illustration. I think somebody spitting in your face might be worse than someone smacking you. And it's close, at least. It might be worse because of the germs and you know all of that. Particularly in this day and time. But the power of the living God. It, 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 it can have you, and, it, and the intent of this also is to help us understand that the power of love is to have us do the unusual. Yeah. So, just with that in mind, just four things that I want to share you with you today, just four. And the first of it, first point I want to share with you, I think you may already have, but it's important for me to say it. There's a cost to being a disciple of Christ. Yeah. Let me say it again. There is a cost to being a disciple of Christ. Now, I'm not talking about your salvation. That was paid for at the cross. We are saved by grace alone, through faith alone, in Christ alone. One time settled deal. But when it comes to being a disciple, there's a distinction between being saved and being a true disciple. Discipleship begins with salvation, but it continues ongoingly with you being a pupil, a student, and follower of the teachings of Christ. A disciple is one, salvation is a one-time deal. Confess with your mouth that Jesus Christ is Lord. Believe in your heart God raised Jesus from the dead. Thou shalt be saved. Bam! But discipleship begins there, but it continues on. It's an ongoing experience. A disciple is literally a learner. Baby, that's ongoing. That's not a one-time deal to be a disciple. That's an ongoing process. It's literally a pupil, a student, a learner who follows the master for the purpose of learning. That's ongoing. But when you make up your mind, when I make up my mind that I'm going to follow him no matter what it takes, no matter what it costs, I'm going to follow the teachings of Jesus Christ, it's going to cost you something. It will cost you something. To be a follower of Jesus Christ means that you're sacrifice time to press your way out to church. You might not feel like going to church. You might not feel like coming out your bed. You might not feel like leaving your home, but being a disciple of Jesus Christ means that you ongoingly are in the process of learning and developing, so you press your way on out the church a disciple means you press your way to Bible study. You might not want to get up. You might not want to leave out, but you press your way to Bible study because you know that being a learner is an ongoing process. It's not a one-time deal. You press your way out. You might not feel like loving your enemy. Matter of fact, you might feel like going upside the head of your enemy, but do you know the Bible says love your enemy? Pray for those who persecute you. Do good to those who uh, despitefully use you. And say all men's of evil against you falsely for my name's sake. Being a disciple is going to cost you something. Mm. Just like being an athlete. If you want to be a good athlete, and certainly if you want to be a great athlete, it's going to cost you something. You know what? You're going to have to train. You're going to have to work out. You're going to have to lift weights. You're going to have to go to practice. And if you really want to be great, you're going to have to do all of the detailed things that it takes to be good at your craft. Because whatever you want to be, it's going to cost you something. Let me just share with you what we said. Now, I don't advocate that Christians read Harry Potter I don't advocate that, but I want to share with you just just this information about the Harry Potter series to illustrate my point. It says successful entrepreneurs, business people, have the attitude that failure, that failures are simply stepping stones along the way to success. It's going to cost you something if you want to be successful. Author J.K. Rowling, listen to this, was a penniless, unemployed, single parent when she penned a book about a boy wizard and his adventures. She was a single, penniless parent. She submitted her manuscript to 12 publishers, count them 12, all of whom rejected it. But if you wanna really be something, it's gonna cost you something. Rowling persisted, however, and a small London publisher called Bloomberg finally decided to take a chance on Harry Potter and the Philosopher's Stone after a glowing review from the CEO's young daughter. The seven-book Harry Potter series went on to sell more than 450 million copies worldwide. But it was after she had been rejected by 12 different publishers. But if you want to be what you believe God is calling you to be, it's gonna cost you something. It's gonna cost you something. She went on to become the first billionaire to listen to me, not millionaire. She went on to become the first billionaire author. Basketball legend Michael Jordan displayed the same attitude. Quote, Michael Jordan said, I've missed more than 9,000 shots in my career. Michael Jordan says, I lost almost 300 games. Michael Jordan said 26 times. I've been trusted to take the game winning shot and I missed. Michael Jordan said I have failed over and over and over again in my life and that is why I succeed. If you want to be something, if you want to be what you believe God is calling you to be, you don't just hit and miss, hit and quit. You keep on going for it. You keep on working at it. You keep trying for it. You keep coming back. You don't stay home. You keep coming back. Because if you want to be great for Jesus, if you want to do great things for God, it's going to cost you something. It's going to cost you something. People are going to laugh at you. People are going to make fun of you. I told you you couldn't do it. I knew you were fail. But if you want to be great for the Lord, you keep coming back because the same God that allowed you to fall is the same God that can pick you back up. Dust you off. Send you on your way. How many of you know that the God you serve got all power? If you just know that, you lift up your hand. If you believe God, is calling you if you believe God wants to use you then you keep pressing for the mark for the high calling of God that's in Christ Jesus our Lord because God is able I said he's able thank you God but secondly secondly I want you to notice what the text says it's powerful because the text says, you heard it was said an eye for an eye, two for two, but I tell you, do not resist an evil person. What we want to do, we often want to resist, right? We, are, we, we, we often want to bump back. But, but but if anyone slaps you on the right cheek, turn it in the other cheek. Also, watch this, if anyone wants to see you and take your shirt hand over your coat as well. If anyone forces you to go one mile, go with them two miles. I do. I do. <laughs> I hear that. You're God made you able. Here's the point. We are to kill wickedness with an overdose of goodness. Did you hear what I said? Jesus is teaching that we inject evil with an overdose of kindness kindness will kill evil all the time see how we try to fight evil is we try to get back at people doing evil but that's that only wages more war that only bumps up the annie and you know what I was talking with Scrappy about this um, earlier in the week we were here at the church talking and we said no we we both agreed that no matter how good you get at whatever you do know this one day somebody to come along and do it better yeah. one day somebody will be better than what you are. You might say, well, I'm the baddest cat on the block. You might be. But if you keep on living, somebody's gonna come on that block and you ain't gonna be the baddest cat on the block anymore. You keep on living, somebody, one day, somebody's gonna come along and gonna be better at what you do. So you can't, it can't be tit-for-tat warfare so what the Bible teaches that overcome we overcome evil with good. We eject evil with an overdose Amen. of kindness, of goodness, of love. Evil can't handle that. You know why? Because 1 Corinthians 13:8a. Love never fails. That's what the word says. Check me. 1 Corinthians 13:8. If you always want to win, love. If you always want to come out on top, love. If you always want to be victorious, love. Love never fails. 1 Corinthians 13, you know why? The Bible says God is love. Tell me how much failure is there in God. Tell me, talk to me about that. How much failure is there in God? God is love. Around the corner from where I live at is a dentist's office. Dr. Godfrey had his office right around the corner from where I live on walking distance. Dr. Godfrey, you might recognize the name. He was one of the Jewish men that was killed in the massacre at the Tree of Life Synagogue Square Hill section of Pittsburgh. Well, Dr. Godfrey had a dental office around right the corner from where I live. To this day, there's a sign with the Star David on Dr. Godfrey's dental office. You know what it says? It says, love is stronger than hate. So if you ever want to be victorious over your enemy, don't try to hate them into doing what you would have. Love them into doing it. Love them because love is stronger than hate. We as believers overcome evil with good. Y'all don't like this kind of preaching. Next to the last point. Are you you still with me? Next to the last point. See, I I would never, never stand up here and talk to you about tit through the tools with Jesus everything every day it's going to be tiptoe through the with Jesus. no 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 baby Jesus had to sacrifice There's going to be sacrifice in your life too yeah. Jesus had to suffer there going to be some suffering in your life yeah. too the bible says if we suffer with him we also shall reign with him we don't like to hear about the suffering, but we love to hear about the grace, we love to hear about the mercy, love to hear about the love, but I got to teach the whole counsel of God's yeah. word, and part of the counsel of God's word too is part of the Christian territory is that we suffer sometimes, because we, want, uh, we love enough to want to see other people do, do good, yeah. and sometimes to help other people do good, we got to sacrifice. Yeah. Anyone, is there a parent, I know we got some parents here, if you're a parent would you raise your hand Have any parent ever had to sacrifice For your child or children Oh God yeah <laughs> I mean there are times when You may want to do whatever You may want to do whatever But because of your love for your child And your children You sacrifice you for the welfare Of your child Or your children And that's what we're supposed to do That's what parents are supposed to do That's what Jesus did for us When he hung and died, you know what his first words were? Father, forgive them. They're the ones that know them, but Father, forgive them, they know not what they do. So, next time that cantankerous, evil-spirited, mean old neighbor or that mean, evil-spirited boss on your job. I mean the one that is always on your back. The one that's always pressing on your last nerve. The one that's always telling you that you need to do it over because you didn't do it the way it was supposed to be. That boss. Well, the next time you come across them, go the extra mile with a difficult person because Jesus went the full distance for you. He didn't just go the extra mile for you. Jesus went the full distance for you. You know what Jesus did? and This ought to inspire us to, to, to... work with difficult people and go the extra mile for difficult people, Jesus went all the way from the manger in Bethlehem to the cross on Calvary to put you in the winner's circle. So the next time that cantankerous boss is on your case, you say, yes, ma'am, yes, sir. You get it. I'll handle it. I'll take care of it because Jesus handles you. Jesus takes care of you. Jesus blesses you. And compared to Jesus, you certainly haven't been good all the time. Matter of fact, the Bible says in Isaiah, your righteousness says plural or as filthy. Y'all know that scripture right. But you know what? Don't stop Jesus for causing the sun to rise in the east, allowing the sun to shine on you. Yeah. And don't stop Jesus for still giving you eyesight in your eyes, smelling in your nose, feeling in your hands, tasting your lips, activity in your limbs. Oh, yeah. Thank you, Lord. One last point. Now, this one has to do with the favorite activity of a born-again person that is giving. I thought I was going to get at least three amens. I said the favorite activity of a born-again person, giving. Ah, now I hear it. Now I hear it. George, I heard it, George. I hear it. Give, verse 42, give to the one who asks you. Are y'all mad? Give to the one who asks you. And do not turn away from the one who wants to borrow from you. Wow, isn't that amazing? Someone asks you if you've got it. And I notice the text didn't put any conditions on it. We do. We want to check. No, I'm not saying we shouldn't be wise in our giving. I'm not saying we should not be. But all I'm saying is the text doesn't put any conditions on it. We want to check, make sure they're going to really get food. Let me follow you. Let me take you to the store. Let me take you to the restaurant. Well, if that's what satisfies you, then maybe you should do that. But the text doesn't say that. That's all I'm saying. It says give to who asks of you. Is that not what it says? And for him who borrows from you, do not turn away. When my wife and I first got married, we lived in an apartment, Cliff on Bascom Avenue. I'll never forget, there was a, a guy who lived in an apartment. He had a couple kids, married, had a couple kids. He was, he was older than me, uh, I, not a whole lot, but he was older than me. And one time he wanted to borrow from me um, my, my, my tire iron. I had a, a, a 4 four prong tire iron. When you get a flat tire, the tire iron, you change, take the nuggers off. It was a 4 prong, Make it easier to take the nuggers off. So I had it. And he asked to borrow it. So I let him borrow it. It was important to me because it makes taking a tire off easy. You know we're off the floor, floor. Floor away. I waited a week, and I still hadn't got my Four-prong tire iron back. Oh, I said, oh no. Maybe it took a little longer for him to change his tire. I waited for two weeks, still had got my four-prong tire iron back. I waited for three weeks, still four weeks, still had got it back. Five weeks, still hadn't got it back. He would see me. And so my flesh started talking to me. It said, go knock on his door. Go, de- go find out why he didn't return your tire iron. Because it don't take that long. As a matter of fact, I saw him driving. So why is my 4 pound tire iron not giving back? And I start thinking all this stuff, knock on his door, confront him. But then, I was, during that time in my life, it's been quite a few, maybe 20 years ago, I, was, I have been studying this verse that said, Give to those that ask of you. And for one who would borrow from you, do not turn away. And I kept, that scripture kept coming up in my mind. So I never knocked on his door. I never confronted him. I never asked him anything about it. My flesh was telling me to do that, but I didn't. I said, you know what? I, if necessary, he can have it. I just let it go. A few days later, on my apartment door, I got a knock. It was his son. His son had my tire iron in his hand and gave it back to me. But I wondered why the dad didn't give it back to me. I didn't loan it to the son, I loaned it to his dad. But he knew that he had my stuff longer than what he should have had, and he didn't want to face me by bringing it back down himself. So he sent his son down to bring it back. But I got, back, I got it back, but I had already made up my mind based on the scripture, you know what? I ain't even gonna say anything. If he wanna keep it, he can have it, you know? I mean, I believe God will bless me to get another one. But I want you to know that God has a way. I said God has a way of working. They may not come themselves, but he sent his son back to bring my tyrant back. So I just wanna close by saying to you, that sometimes in your Christian life, and I'm sure you already had to do it, you had to bite the bullet. You had to sacrifice. You had to do something that you really didn't want to do. You might loan somebody some money. Maybe they didn't pay you back, and you said, okay, let it go. I ain't even going to bother. I ain't even going to bother about it. They might not get no more from you. I mean, once they showed you who they are, wasn't it a... Who's the lady that said, when somebody show you who they are the first time, Maya Angelou, right? Maya Angelou said, when somebody show you who they are the first time, believe them. So, I just want to close by saying, if we have to do the unusual in order to exemplify Jesus Christ, if we we have to turn the other cheek in order to exemplify Jesus Christ, If we have to lift up holy hands in order to exemplify Jesus Christ, if we have to do the unusual to exemplify Jesus Christ, will you agree with me that he's worthy of unusual praise? So I'm going to ask that you lift up your hands for Jesus. I'm going to ask that you wave your hands for Jesus because the song said an incredible God deserves incredible praise. Let me just ask you, have Jesus ever made a way for you and Jesus ever done anything for you, and Jesus ever helped you, and Jesus ever blessed you, and Jesus ever supported you. You ought to clap your hands and shout for the goodness. I said for the goodness. <laughs> and you can give him some unusual praise because he's an unusual God.